Welcome to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. Every week, I host live chats via our YouTube channel with leaders in the AFL and high-performance industries. Join me live every Sunday at 6pm where I debrief for recent chats and announce the upcoming guests. We drop an inspiring and educational episode every Monday. If you like the show, please follow us on your favourite podcast app. Welcome back to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. My name is Jack McLean. I'm the host, and in today's episode, I interview Gatano Ferranda the high-performance manager of the Williamstown Football Club and course coordinator at Victoria University. GT has also worked as head strength leadership coach of the Box Hill Hawks, Western Jets, and has his master's degree in high-performance sport. Highlights from this episode, GT discusses the importance of getting experience as a strength and conditioning coach, no matter the level, why you need to trial things early on your career and learn from the mistakes you make. GT's role at Williamstown and Victoria University, as well as gaining mentors along the way and building your network. Before we start this episode, we're getting a lot of interest from parents and local football clubs for school or team-based strength and conditioning. If this is something you are interested in, we would love to serve our podcast community too. So if you want Prepare Like a Pro to come to your school or work at your football club, direct message us on Instagram or email us at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Let's get into today's episode. Welcome on board, mate. Thanks How are you, mate? How's things? Yeah, going well. As good as it can be for us Melbournians, but uh, exactly right. This this is the highlight of my day, mate. Looking forward to catching up. Oh, mate, same as mine. It's been a bit of a long day. I was uh, looking forward to this uh, eight o'clock time slot, so it's going to be a good chat. It will. It will. Let, let's uh, let's dive right into it. Um, yep. Take us back <clears throat> to the beginning of your career, or even before you started. Yeah. Um, at what age did you discover you had a passion for for strength and conditioning? Mate, in all honesty, I think I was probably a bit later than most. Um, I loved my sport as a kid, playing football, basketball, everything you could think of um, you know, as a teenager. I even hired a service of a personal trainer, not really a strength and conditioning coach when I was 16, had a few sessions with him there. And going through my high school, I actually didn't actually think about strength and conditioning as a career. I was actually looking at uh, sports psychology. Okay. So my pathway in from um, high school into university was actually looking at a or psychology background. Um, so I done the smart thing and became a personal trainer. I wasn't going to work at Maccas for four years and uh, study a double degree. I uh, became a personal trainer, gave me freedom to work uh, when I wanted around my studies, allowed me time to focus on my studies. And then it was actually in 2013. I, uh, oh, sorry, let me go back here to 2012. Yeah. I was actually doing placement. Actually, not placement. It was more fact that a friend was the president of a soccer club, a, a tier four soccer club, said, mate, do you want to come down and, you know, flog the boys for a few sessions? I, I'd only been a personal trainer for a year, had no idea strength and conditioning, but this was my first exposure to a sporting organization. Um, flogged them as they asked, uh, didn't really get anything out of it. But uh, when my first round of placement for uni came around in 2013, I contacted the captain of the soccer club who actually ran um, a soccer a soccer academy, a sports academy at Victoria University Secondary College in St. Albans. Uh, yep. So I contacted Rocco and organized to do my 70-hour placement with him, but more in a sports psychology role more than SNC. With my PT experience, they allowed me to help out in the gym, but my main role was actually to implement uh, a, a wellness program, uh, goal-setting, um, and I put together a 70-page document for the athletes to do throughout the course of the year. So, you know, that was my, you know, 
career path. And then towards the end of 2013, I found out that Victoria University had actually taken away the Masters of Sports Psychology, meaning out of whole of Australia, there was only 15 spots per year to do a Masters in Sports Psychology. I'm not going to lie, I'm not the most academic person there is. Um, And where where would you have had to go on? Where would you have had to go to? uh... I I would have had to move to Queensland. I can't remember which university exactly, but I would have had to move to Queensland. So, you know, it was was a big... Yeah, it was a big, big decision for me. I looked at my, um, I looked at my uh, scores and my results. I was like, let's be honest, this ain't happening. I better start thinking about a new career path. Um, and I actually, actually that that summer of 2013, um, I went to the Himalayas. Spent two months uh, hiking through the Himalayas. As you can imagine, uh, it gives you a lot of thinking time as you're walking through the mountains. And I had a friend I worked with at uh, Good Life, Darren Zara. Um, he was doing the same course as me, and he was starting to go down that strength and conditioning path. Uh, very good friend of mine. We grew up playing football together, happened to do the same course, happened to work at the same gym. And, you know, I had a bit of what he said and or what he would talk about in the back of my mind as I'm walking. And I'm like, you know, I've got the PT experience. So when I actually came back from Himalayas, I actually inquired about doing my level one strength and conditioning. And I realized that, I don't know if that's the same now, but... I could actually, I skipped my level one and went straight to my level two because I had my two years of university. And yeah, from then on, mate, it was, you know, I was always passionate about the health and fitness industry. But, you know, from that moment, I, uh, yeah, just, you know, bought into it and, you know, decided this is the career I want to go. And ever since then, just doing what I need to do to uh, keep building my, you know, reputation in the industry and turning the, passion into a career yeah no it's great mate it's um i guess firstly um you mentioned the the passion for sports psychology at at a young age where where did that stem from it had you worked with a sports psychologist at the time or did you know someone closely that you sort of were looking up to at that point in all honesty no i i never never met a sports psychologist in my life before that stage um i just always had an interest in the human mind yeah. Um, you know, from a young age, I actually, you know, experienced, um, you know, uh, the loss of a few friends. So I don't know if I was always, you know, naturally, whenever there was something like that occurred, I was always that one that person, uh, people turned to uh, for advice, you know, for a shoulder to cry on. So I just thought, you know, it's my calling. Um, yeah. And yeah, my mixture of, you know, my love of sport and my, you know, intrigue of the human mind. I just decided on that career path myself. Never actually met one until I actually started studying uh, psychology. Yeah, interesting, mate. Um, yep. Sorry to hear about your friends and that. No, that's life. Um, and so then you decided that um, you weren't going to pursue it and you were going to focus on strength and conditioning. You mentioned yep. Durham helped you out with that, a, a colleague you were working with at the time yep. and, and having that time to, to think in the Himalayas. There's actually a couple of uh, PTs and strength and conditioning coaches that have asked on that topic, if you don't mind me asking them, yep. Paul Carden, you might know him, and Adam yes. Tom. Yes, I know both of them. Yeah. Paul, yeah, he's written in, advice you'd give to fitness professionals interested in getting involved in strength and conditioning. So at that point, what was your sort of mindset um, early on in your career? How did you go about getting into yep. strength and conditioning? So I have, um, so like I said, Darren Zara, who a um, good friend of mine, I spoke to him um, at this stage, late um, 14, he's already started working at the Western Jets. 
So I started picking his brain. Um, and eventually he was how I got my first role within strength and conditioning at the Western Jets. Um, but so I started picking Darren's brain. Um, another friend of mine who I work with, he just moved from uh, South Africa. I uh, was lucky enough to meet him through a few people. Very intelligent bloke, Neaton. And, you know, he shared similar passions. And, you know, he said to me, if you're doing your level two strength and conditioning course, I'll do it with you. So, you know, I made sure I had the support of the people around me um, mm-hmm. going into the industry because I, I didn't know. I, you know, I did not know what I was doing. I was very new to it. I, if you asked me what MAS was or if you asked me of any of these, you know, principles I've learned now, I was no, you know, there was no chance I was explaining it to you. So I really latched on to the people around me, the people who had the knowledge of this industry picked their brains and started to actually learn what strength and conditioning was all about, how it differed from personal training, you know, and I, I found that, okay, great. I'm studying my exercise science degree. I'm studying a psychology degree at the same time. I found that, you know, throughout my whole career, psychology has helped me, but I started buying into, you know, readings, you know, journal articles that were more focused on uh, physical preparation of athletes. Yeah. Um, so I started reading, starting to build an interest and then before I know it, um, I met uh, a bloke named James McConnell, who was a high performance manager at Coburg at the time, um, because he had to sign me and Neaton off on our lifts, on the five, six lifts, to say, yep, these guys are ready to do the level two. Yeah, and then I started to pick his brain. Um, and yeah, he, he was a very big help as well. So really, for young personal trainers or personal trainers who are looking to go into the strength and conditioning industry, I think another thing is sacrifice because if you establish yourself as a personal trainer, it can be hard to sacrifice the money you're making to, you know, mm. potentially volunteer your time for the first three, four years. So, you know, really build a strong support network. Don't be scared to ask questions, especially if you know that person has knowledge within the industry and, yeah, sacrifice, just go all in. If you're thinking about it, just do it. Yeah, I love that. I love, there's a couple of gems that we'll unpack there. I think yep. the first one, because um, uh, I, I know you personally, I know this is yep. something that you're strong on, is building relationships and yep. and, and you mentioned um, leaning on people for support that, that are yep. knowledgeable in the area. Yep. Um, so you've mentioned a couple of mentors. Who are some other guys that helped you out, forged your path? Yep. So, mate, you know, and that's a hard question, a very hard question, because I personally believe anyone I've come across throughout this journey has actually helped me yeah. um, because I learned bits and pieces. And in all honesty, mate, there's uh, former educators of mine like Callum Downey, Arj Pereira, who they taught me in the Diploma of Fitness in 2010, who I'm still in contact with. I was actually on the phone to Arj today picking his brain, you know, and Arj is actually my uh, mentor, for um, your strength conditioning mentor. Um, Darren, like I said, I mentioned him, you know, he's a very good friend of mine bloke who I grew up with playing football against each other I was the full forward he was the full back we had some good battles on the field and then you know that you know how it is white line fever we bout the shit out of each other on the field but off the field we're good friends um you know them two pretty much are very huge um in my career uh and even today I was on the phone to Darren we were just talking business but you know like you said I like to build relationships I like to build you know that rapport with especially athletes and other coaches so you know Darren, Arj uh, were probably, you know, are two big, big uh, influences in my career. Mate, honestly, my first stint at the Western Jets, I was lucky enough to have Jay Ellis as my first high-performance manager, you know, and what I learned off him, you know, and then technically 
my progression through the Western Jets, you know, it wasn't until I came actually to Box Hill and met yourself where I actually learned more because, you know, after Jay, Darren was a high performance manager and I was working closely with him and Darren taught me, was teaching me as I went. But then my third year, I think at the Western Jets, you know, I was thrown into a, a position where I didn't know everything just yet, but I just had to get through the season. Yep. And then, yeah, when I came to Box Hill, mate, you know, having you, uh, you know, welcome me the way you did, having the club welcome me the way they did, it made my job easier. And, you know, I learned much more, especially, you know, you know implementing conditioning sessions, the way you uh, would, you know, implement the gym sessions, especially for the Hawthorne boys. I was lucky enough to witness that firsthand. So, you know, even yourself, I would say, has had, has, have had, has had an influence on my career. Um, yep. But yeah, everyone I've come across has had an influence in some sort. Yeah, thanks, mate. And uh, I agree with that notion that you said that everyone helps out, like right back at you, mate. You've uh, yep. helped my, my progression throughout my career as well. And we always had good chats um, with, with yep. Lara Bester and Josh Holding and those guys. And um, Good times, mate. Yeah. It, there's, there was plenty of uh, good, const, you know, constructive conversations on how we're going to tackle yep. not just the easy decisions, but ultimately those those tough decisions which, um, you know, make you stronger as a as a practitioner when you've got good people around you. So, exactly thanks for right. sharing that. And I think it's a re- with a couple of guys like um, Adam and Benny, and um, yep. was it Paulie as well. Um, yep. Adam's written in saying, "What's a good way to get into?" Um, your Bachelor of Exercise Science, and, and how do you start working with athletes in the sporting environment? Well, this is the time to plug my job. So a good pathway, if you didn't get a good uh, ATAR score to get into a Bachelor of Exercise Science, is actually the Certificate 3 and 4 of Victoria University. Uh, we're actually yep. a direct pathway, and that's the course I coordinate, Certificate 3 and 4 of Victoria University. We're actually a direct pathway into um, Exercise Science at Victoria University. I think it actually gives uh, the student up to seven courses they can get direct entry into and we're currently exactly. working on the new structure to actually get the students credit transfer uh, transfers so that's one way of getting into our exercise science degree um another way is yeah just just um applying for them uh, i know these days you know depending on your age depending on history uh it may be easier or harder to get into an exercise science course but you know i know for vu it's a bit hard for me to talk about most other universities because from the age of 18 to 29, I've been associated with VU. Um, you know, it's we offer so many exercise science courses from clinical to sports practice and everything in between. So, you know, it's it's a good thing where I I never thought, like I said, I never thought I'd become an SNC coach and mine was just a very broad um, exercise science part of my double degree. But I was able to then, you know, change my preferences, change my electives to actually start helping me focus towards that um towards that goal of being an snc coach um so you know find a course that's suitable for you not all courses would be suitable enroll again buy in me personally i always say that working as a personal trainer while studying is always going to be beneficial because you're getting that industry experience you're getting that coaching experience and you can actually begin to implement things you're learning in class so one of the best things i was uh, i was able to do was sit in the classroom for three hours or do a practical on campus for three hours and leave that, drive straight to a session and implement something new for a client. They loved it. I loved it because I was able to reinforce my learning immediately. And, you know, it worked for me. I had a successful PT career. So it was Adam who asked the question. You yeah, said? yeah, I think yeah. That, So, yeah, yeah, uh, mate, yeah. mate, 
just you know, find a course that's suitable for you, knuckle down, do the hard yards, a few extra side courses, you know, like your level one or level two ASCAR, and start local. Like I said, the first club I was exposed to was a state league four in the soccer. So it's you know, it doesn't matter how high or how low, you gotta make those sacrifices. You might not get paid, but you know, you don't know who you're gonna network with. I was lucky enough to go, you know, State League Four Club, met Rocco, started at the VUSC Academy and then worked my way up through there. Yeah, it's so it's so important to get the experience like you mentioned that. Um, you, you're developing the science at uni, but like you said, yep. how do you apply that science and, and the art yep. of coaching? Um, yep. So, so personal training is one way, and then another yep. point that you made: getting experience in team environments. Because how different is it working as a PT in a gym with your clients than working with coaches and physios and doctors? Mate, so much different. Like, like I said, my, when I first got asked to go and uh, you know, help my mates uh, team out, just flog them. That's all I knew. Just flog them. If you know, thinking now. Nine years later, what I've done to what I have been doing, I, I shake my head at myself. But if I didn't do it, I would never learn. So, Absolutely. you know, yep. yeah, a good experience. you got you got to learn by making mistakes as well. And State, State League 4 Soccer Club, you know, if you made a mistake on your conditioning prescription, they're not going to notice. It's not going to be, the, you know, the difference between them winning or losing the title. So it's a good place to make, make mistakes as well. And how did you go about getting those opportunities when you, you, you knew the industry, like you mentioned? Um, yep. you, yeah. How do you go about getting these contracts and, and getting progressions throughout your career? What's your go-tos? Building rapports. Yeah, getting to know people. Yep. Like, you know, I, let's be honest, like the soccer club, I had my mate who was, like I said, the vice president approach me. And then from there, even though I thought I'd done a terrible job, I still impressed, you know, Rocco the coordinator of the sports academy who allowed me to do my placement there. Then obviously my friendship with Darren um, got me into the Western Jets. Um, James McConnell actually got me to do a – I was able to do a internship with him at FC11, which has gone bust now. Um, so just, yeah, building those rapports and just, you know, being eager to learn because I'm not, I don't go into a job pretending I know everything because I don't. I go into a job wanting to learn something new. And showing that thing. One thing I've noticed, especially now, you know, hiring people or having people trying to contact me on LinkedIn for advice, I'm happy to give back. But just the way people approach conversation is as if they know more than me. And they probably do, but it's not how you approach it. So, you know, being keen to learn, being keen to get experience and just building rapport because you never know what that person might give you a phone call saying, hey, mate, we've got a role for you. Like, I think, yeah, you're a prime example, Jack. When I put my resume in, you didn't ring my references, you rang Jay. Yeah. So Yeah. You get, yeah. yeah. It's, that's a good point. Like, you're going to – the industry is so close and connected that um, you, whether you're whether it's, they're going to work in your favour, your networks, or they could be the reason you don't get a job, you know. Um, yeah. So it, it's such a good point that you make that um, – you know, do a really good job of what you do, but also build strong relationships in each club because you yep. never know whether it be, like you just said there, vice president, another a colleague in an SNC um, that you play footy with. You know, there's yep. a lot of different um, groups, social groups that you just mentioned there that, that got you jobs. Um, so, yeah, I think that's that's great advice, mate. Yep. What about um, methodology point of view and, and you know, SNC principles? How do you go about uh, developing your knowledge and 
and applying it um, now in your career when you you know you're um, working at at elite level. So you know that's that's a hard question because I don't really think I have a clear cut methodology. I'm pretty with me again. I like to get to know the athlete. I like to you know build a strong rapport. So I'm pretty personal with all athletes, and it does take its time. And you know it can be it can be um, you know taxing because it you know it can take so much time. But I just you know, I like to learn from my athlete. I like to, you know, how do I say it? It's it's one of those things where the more I know about the athlete, the more I can, you know, adapt to them more than, um, you know, just develop or find new methods. But, you know, what I have noticed, my role at Victoria University has actually, you know, allowed me to develop my knowledge or further improve force to uh, refresh, um, you know, reading articles journal articles and research like you know I, uh, another friend of mine who probably has influenced me and i didn't mention chris latella the research fellow over at um ecu you mm-hmm. know he was someone from day one of my fitness course who i was able to look up to i've shadowed him i pick his brain and some of the research that he conducts and publishes you know mate i, I just as soon as it's out i read it and you know reading these researchers just yeah allows me to maybe change how I program. So, you know, something that Chris has been looking into lately is cluster sets, and I've actually implemented it with a few clients, um, and they've actually been happy with their results with it, especially the testing results have proved. So, you know, a lot of journal articles, um, having a mentor, having a mentor. Um, mm-hmm. So, you know, Arch Pereira, um, Andrew William um, up in Northern Territory, uh, someone who I met from a conference, just networking. Um, and then just friends who I've met on the journey, like Claudio, again, you know, met him at a conference. And, you know, it's funny what a couple of beers can do. You know, good friends ever since. Um, you know, just being able to have these guys, hey, listen, you know, can I pick your brain? Again, going back to that, can I pick your brain? Leaning on those people around me, asking questions. Listen, I've got this client. I'm thinking about doing this. What are your thoughts? Have you tried it before? Yeah. Um, te- you know, like I said, teaching, but also mentoring people. I found that it's actually allowed me a lot of time to reflect on my own practices um, because, you know, not two people are the same. So, you know, I've, I've been lucky to mentor um, a handful of people in strength conditioning and even personal training. So, you know, like um, a girl I mentor, McKaylee, uh, she started her own fitness brand um, and just, you know, she's a bit older compared to most personal trainers that come through the system and just, you know, her knowledge comes from more of a tennis background. She's been, you know, coaching ever since she was, you know, younger. And, you know, just when I'm talking to her, sometimes I just ask my own questions or, you know, if I might be doubting something, just mentoring these people have actually just, um, yeah, allow me to find new ways uh, to answer problems. Um, I think at the same time, to finish off, uh, Williamstown, I'm not sure if you know, use a co-high performance role. Mm-hmm. Um, so I remember you saying the different different lines. Yeah, yeah, exactly right. So you know, it's, it's I'm yeah high, high performance manager, head of conditioning, and Richie's high performance manager, head and strength. And I think in the last two years, you know, Richie has been someone who I've been able to bounce so many ideas off. You know, he's been a great sounding board. You know, and between me and him. You know, research, read this article, read that article. Mate, can you read this for me? What do you think of that? You know, we've been able to bounce off each other and, you know, develop new ways of, you know, 
connecting with our players, especially during COVID. It's been a very big thing. Um, you know, COVID and me and Richie were on the phone before. It's like, all right, you know, with this, you know, extension of lockdown, you know, now we've been scheduled to play Box Hill and Elimination Final in three weeks. You know, what are we going to do? What's the program going to look like? How are we going to get the mm. players to gel and connect? So, you know, I think, you know. Unique challenge to be in for sure. Yeah. So, again, I could be here for days talking about ways and of developing knowledge and developing methods and all that stuff because there's been so many influences there. You know, there's been a, a job interview I had where I didn't get a job because I didn't read books. The person knows who that is. Um, yeah. I think you might know too. But, like, it's, it's one of those things where, you know, after that conversation and after, you know, him – you know, telling me that it was actually something I actually looked and, you know, I actually started to, you know, be more interested in reading um, books and, you know, purchase books. It, and it wasn't because I thought if I do it, I'm going to get a job. It just actually, you know, the way he explained things and the way he put his point across, it actually made sense. And, you know, especially during COVID last year, I had a lot of time to read and, uh, you know, my library started to build up. So, yeah, fantastic, mate. It's a great yeah. mindset to, to, approach it that way the feedback um yep. and make yourself better for it yep. what about um on that like your biggest challenges in your career um and what did you learn or how did you grow from from your biggest challenge i think i told you that you know i'm not a fan of feedback i like you know criticism i like to be told what i'm doing wrong than what i'm doing right yeah um and you know what's been my major what's been a you know major setback covid you know, if it wasn't for COVID, I'd, um, you know, last year, uh, February, I actually received a contract to go and work for the Chinese Olympic team. Uh, yeah, well. COVID kicked in and that had to be, you know, put to, pushed to the side. Um, you know, Loris, um, you've had Loris on here before. He, um, you know, I actually connected him on LinkedIn. We think connected with him on LinkedIn one day and, uh, you know, started com- conversing and, you know, picking his brain as well. And, you know, there was a, a – he – I was able to get, find me, um, he asked me if I wanted to pursue an opportunity and, you know, because of COVID, that was, you know, um, also pushed to the side. So, you know, I, I think for me, I'm quite lucky, you know, if I've been rejected for a job, I don't take it personally. I just, I just think, you know, where can I grow? What can I do to next time I put a job application in to make sure I get that job? So I wouldn't say they're, uh, they're challenges. They've just been minor setbacks, which I've grown from but i would say yeah this current climate that we're in has been the biggest challenge you know first the two jobs that i you know had to push to the side now trying to you know program for semi-elite athletes to play a elimination final um in two weeks time against an afl line club you know that's a challenge um but you know it's it's a bit of fun so i would say you know i haven't had any challenges i've just had you know learning opportunities um and even this, even though it's a, probably the biggest challenge I face, it's still a learning opportunity. You know, yep. I've learned how to cope, how to, you know, connect with players at, on a different level. I've learned, you know, how to be more adaptable. I think, you know, one of my biggest problems was, you know, not, not being, a, you know, I was always adaptable, but just not thinking outside the box. Mm. Um, and, you know, I find that, you know, now, now I'm forced to and I've, you know, learned that. So, you know, I've been able to, make good progress in my career, especially over the last two years. Even though I haven't done much coaching in person, I've still been able to uh, you know, fine tune my skills and learn a lot from yeah, learn a lot from everything. Oh, thanks, mate. It's um there's there's two really big sort of key 
messages that are coming through and it's good to see some some strength and conditioning coach and personal trainers that have tuned into this live chat and yep. no doubt there'll be more that listen to the, the podcast re- recording when we launch it. But certainly the two that stand out for me is you, your people skills is something that you, you pride yourself on as a real strength and whether you're dealing with athletes or, or colleagues, you, you focus on the person and, and developing a strong relationship there um which is which is a real strength to have because at the end of the day we don't deal with robots and computers we deal with human beings that's pretty important yep. uh, and then the second one is your ability to to continually focus on um strengthening your craft whether it be your programming your communication um or, or just simply getting better from people that are around you that have given you feedback so yep. um great mindset mate and that makes a lot of sense that you had a passion for you know psychology early on yeah. Um, probably, probably because something was, it was something that you've worked on your whole life, whether you, you realize it or, or not at the time. So that's um, great, mate. But, yeah. no, sorry. Yeah. I, and I always found that, you know, having that psychology background, I've always credited having that background to, you know, the, the way I think and the way I approach things, uh, because it can easy and you would know how easy it would be to, you know, beat yourself up in this industry. It is a very, it can be a very challenging industry if you let it affect you. Mm. Uh, but there's no point of being, feeling sorry for yourself. Mate, prime example, you again, you know, you know, your role at Hawthorne and now look what you're doing. So, you know, you're now empowering the future generations coming through um, after, you know, unfortunate events like of COVID. So, you know, you're a prime example of not letting it affect you and just yeah, push it forward. Yeah, yeah. Like you, no, thanks, mate. And, and yeah, like you said, you, you just have to, to to not survive but actually thrive in the industry and, and get yep. good opportunities. You've got to um, continually make yourself you know, stronger and, and better, not just for your own sanity, but also for if you want to work with, with the best. Um, yeah, you've exactly be, right. You've got to be the best. So yep. that's awesome, mate. We'll have a quick little drink break. Here's yep. some information about our academy, guys. And then when we get back, um, we're going to uh, lighten the questions a little bit and it'll be a bit of a get-to-know-you segment for with GT, so a bit of, bit of fun. And, that's great. <laughs> should, I, should I pull the beers out? Yeah, get the beers out. <laughs> <laughs> Hey guys, CJ here. Um, I've been fortunate enough to work with Jack for the last two years preparing for last year's NAB AFR Drive Combine and then this year's NAB AFR Drive Combine. Um, He's been absolutely amazing, helping me zone in on specific areas of what I wanted to work on, which is my endurance of the 2K time trial and um, the 20 metre sprint. Trying to crack that under three seconds has been a massive goal for me this year and I feel like that the work that I've put in with Jack has just helped me skyrocket um, for my personal goals, which has been absolutely amazing for me. But it's not only it's not only what he's done on field for me, it's what he's done off road for me. He's been able to help me be persistent with the lockdowns that we've had, stay motivated, prepare for massive events, especially the combine this year, which was done out of Strava, unfortunately, that we couldn't get out to the Holden Centre and compete um, against the other, the other prospects. But... Also, the massive one is just recovering. He's been able to give me a massive, massive influences on how to recover properly. Obviously, fueling for your next sessions massively for me as well. And the advice that he's given me so far has just been second to none. It's been really appreciative of what he's done. Um, I've really enjoyed working with Jack. I feel like we've become a bit of a, we've made a bit of a friendship, which is always, it makes it easier when you're training, when you've got basically a mate that's telling you what to do. It makes it a whole lot easier than, an, than a random coach that you've never really met before. So. I feel like Jack just helped me help me prepare for the combine as, as, as best as I could and yeah, I can't appreciate the stuff that he's done for me and yeah, he's made me really tick some boxes in my own my own goods and hopefully recruiters and are happy with my improvement and yeah, it's a massive shout out and thanks to Jack. So 
jump on board, get in contact with him because he's he's massive. He was massive for my football development. I'm, I'm sure he can be massive for you. Very good. Welcome back, guys. Okay, this is our last segment for the night, and then we'll wrap it up with uh, what's GT looking forward to for, for the rest of the year. But um, this is a, an exclusive uh, section of the podcast that just goes to our Patreon members, GT. So yep. um, the only people who listen to this are those that are tuned in now live and, and the yep. couple of members that we have on the Academy. Yep. Um, just the first one, roll it off. Uh, which movie or TV series has impacted you the most and why? So that's a hard question. That's a hard question. This, um, this is not this is not S and C. This can be, you know, it can be The Simpsons. Yeah, it, it's a, it's a hard question because I think one of the most uh, one of the movies that have influenced me the most in my career was uh, the Rocky, all the Rockies. Um, but then after I was uh, playing football, one so there was a story where. I watched Rocky III uh, the night before football and, um, yeah, it really got me revved up, got me going, and uh, I uh, got suspended the next day playing football for punching someone, so it probably got me too too motivated, but that's football-related. Um, Coach Carter, something I've watched religiously my whole life. Again, a bit of, you know, challenges, how they've, you know, faced the ch- um, challenge of diversity, you know, trying to bring together a community to uh, achieve that's a classic. common goal. Yep. Um, and probably uh, remember Titans, me and my best mate, we are, uh, we were 11, 12, and uh, we actually stayed up and watched uh, Remember Titans three times in a night. So, they're probably the two, yeah, we, still to this day, I could do it again. Um, but they're probably the two movies, again, sport-related, and this was before I uh, knew I was you know, ever going to be a strength conditioning coach. The Rockies, Coach Carter, Remember Titans. Love it. Um, in your work life, uh, what makes you angry? I pet peeves. This actually, this question was derived from Jay Ellis. Thought it was a good question. He was asked this <sighs> once in an interview today. <laughs> what? What? What are my pet peeves? Um, uh, people not listening. Just you know, lack of respect. So you know, it doesn't matter if it's my teaching or if it's uh, the athlete. If I'm talking and I don't have their attention, I'm probably annoyed at myself for not being able to get grab their attention. But at the same time, it's, it's you know, a bit of respect on their behalf just to listen. Um, mm. you know, they're there for a reason. So I'm not there just to, you know, spin a yarn and just uh, have a good time. I'm there for a purpose. So, yeah, I reckon uh, not listening. Um, I guess one thing about me, if, you know, f- for example, if I look at my students and I look at my athletes, sometimes I pretend my students are athletes. So I do expect more of them uh, when I, you know, when I probably shouldn't. Um, what else? What else? Oh, probably, you know, LinkedIn. Again, like I said before, uh, I'm happy to answer anyone's questions on LinkedIn if they message me. Uh, but just, just the tone in which some people message me, just like... Got to be respectful, yeah? Yeah, I'm like, mate, I'm, I know I'm a nobody. Like, I still haven't made a name for myself on the international scene. Like, so yeah, cool. But don't tell me how great your programs have been. And then when I actually give you honest feedback, you crack the shit and LinkedIn. <laughs> so, you know... I can take feedback and I, I'm happy to take any type of feedback, positive, negative, or like I said, preferably negative. But, you know, when people can't actually accept something that's being told to them and then they want to rebuttal, want to debate, want to argue about mm. why I'm wrong in my opinion, that really pisses me off and it really fires me up. And then sometimes it can just get messy and I'll just lose the shit. Yeah, yeah love it. Love the uh, honesty, mate. Yeah. Um, Favorite inspirational quote or life motto? Favorite inspirational quote would be from Coach Carter: "The our deep, our deepest fear 
So that's uh, our deepest fears that they were inadequate. Our deepest fears that we are powerful beyond measure. The full poem. Um, and yeah, first time I heard it on Coach Carter, uh, 2003, 2004, whenever it came, got released. And then from that day on, it's one of those things that, you know, it's been the background of my laptop on my phone on the wall. So it's probably something that, you know, it's been, I've posted on social media more than once. It's, yeah, probably my favorite quote of all time our deepest fear poem awesome and what's your favorite way to spend your day off watching football now <laughs> it depends like in a covid world or a non-covid world so you know let's I, go non-covid non, world I like, the, I like to travel <laughs> like to sightsee so getting out the house being uh social being you know adventurous where, in, where would you go go anywhere in the world if i could go anywhere in the world at the moment it would have to be back home to italy uh go and see nonna um, it's been three years between drinks, so, you know, I think it's uh, due for a holiday. Uh, yep. Go enjoy the pristine beaches along the Sicilian coast. Go and enjoy a two-euro pizza, one-euro beer, and uh, oh, have good. no problems. Yeah, yeah. the dream. Yep. Well, no doubt, no doubt, hopefully, fingers crossed, you'll be able to do that soon, mate. And hopefully very soon. And, yeah. yep. what, would, what, what, what beer would you have and what pizza? Mate. When you're in Italy, you can't uh, get too fancy. You're looking at just a simple margarita, you know, um, and then a birra moretti bafador, one of the best, uh, one of the best beers I've ever had. And unfortunately, can't get here in Australia. Ah, yep. Ah, very good. Uh, all right, last one, mate. What what, yep. what are you excited about for uh, 2021? What's on the horizon for you? So, mate, uh, there's what four months left. Um, there's there's a few things I'm sort of working on or trying to work towards um it just really depends on the whole COVID situation um uh, a friend of mine approached me with um an opportunity to help him develop a uh, how do i explain it without giving too much away help him develop something uh to implement on a national level it's more mm-hmm. like a pathway for a specific sport yeah. Um, obviously, with my history in junior development and uh, specific sports, uh, he came to me. Um, he was approached by a specific organisation. So, you know, it's something to keep my uh, mind occupied, especially during lockdown, reading articles, uh, research, reading a 428-page document. Uh, that's yeah. one thing. Um, I am looking at trying to get overseas again. Um, so I potentially do have another opportunity overseas it just really depends if oh, if my boss is watching I could be leaving um yeah it really depends on if i can get a travel exemption or not yep yeah, so yeah a awesome, couple of things in the pipeline to to look forward to and and hopefully it eventuates and, and everything goes uh you know cleans up for us anyway in the, in the country fingers crossed mate fingers crossed um all right well thanks so much for, for jumping on you, you mentioned oh, williamstown's good. got uh, game in three weeks. So yep. for those S and Cs that that have sent through the questions, uh, take us through how you and Rich are going about that. What what are the boys doing? Because obviously it's a it's a different time. No one would have yep. been faced with that scenario before. A three week break going into a final. Yeah, mate. It's um it's not even that. So uh, Richie said that we've only from the beginning of July till this first final. Yeah. Uh, we have only played three games of football. Um, and prior to that, in the, from May to June, we had only played one game of football. So really, from May 24th, I feel like. I'm just checking the calendar. 
yeah, May May twenty second. We've probably only played four games of football, so you know you can imagine. Like you can imagine the challenges, and yeah, it's been two week lockdown, a lockdown extension, a lockdown extension. So you know, we're, the, our planning has just been up and down, up and down. Um, what we're looking at now is, you know, how much more volume can we really get into them this time of year without making it boring as well. So more about the quality of sessions. Um, you know, obviously we can they can uh, tr- uh, exercise with one person outside. So yep. we've recommended you know go for a kick. At the same time, you know, it's, it's, it's a challenge because the juggling, juggling act between making sure they're ready physically and making sure they're re- ready mentally are two different because these boys are training towards now a date for September, but, you know, they've been training for the last X amount of weeks not knowing if they are playing this week. Yeah, so, you know, there's been a couple of sessions where me and Richie have been like, all right, let's give the weekend off. But, you know, I've tried to, you know, implement a bit of skill work with a bit of um, conditioning in between. So it's a three blocks of skills, three blocks of uh, conditioning, uh, more focus on the quality than anything. You know, the loading is well out the window in, in extent because to an extent, uh, because we can't really even monitor their loads. Mm. You know? um, so as long as it's more about feedback on the athlete. So, you know, our training, our training schedule currently looks quite um, routine. So we're trying yep. to keep a routine for the athlete. But, you know, it's boys, these are the guidelines. These are, you know, what we expect you to do. Let's just tick them off. We're, we're semi-professional athletes. We all signed up to finish this 2021 season. Let's just tick off what we need to do to make sure we are standing there on the last day of September. You know, I don't care that, you know, we're going to come up a, come up against a team who potentially have 15 AFL players who've been training all the way through. I'd back my boys in against anyone. Mm-hmm. Um, so, you know, just really get that mindset right, getting that, you know, maintaining that level of physicality. You know, a couple of issues are such as, um, you know, contact. We can't do any contact, which is, uh, you know, I've had the boys pummeling up against the goalpost in the last um, session yeah. that really I sent out. A, a, yeah. few, uh, a few up-downs to get that contact with the ground. Yep. So just getting creative, again, thinking laterally, thinking outside the box, not just being a robot yourself because I think a lot of strength and conditioning coaches can get that way. Um, you know, this is what has to happen because these are the loads I have to hit so a strength and conditioning can robot and not actually think outside mm. the box. Mm. Yeah, awesome, mate. Well, thanks so much for, for sharing your experiences. No problem. And, um, not just what's worked and the, and the easy stuff but also diving into the challenges that you've faced and, and how you've yeah. overcome them to get better and um, yeah, yep. it's been great to understand you. Your mindset, nice. as well as uh, all the all the things you've achieved so far in your career, and yep. um, yet there's an, only bigger things to come, no doubt, mate. So looking forward to, to catching up when we can. Yep. And um, yeah, thanks again. Really appreciated you jumping on. Thank you very much, mate. Thanks for having me. Like I said, you should, probably should have made me the first guest you ever had, so that way I didn't have such a you know um, challenge to living up to the last however many guests you've had. Uh, you, you've thrived with that challenge, mate. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, mate. Have a, have a good night. You too. Awesome. Thank you. See you later. See you, mate. If you enjoyed this episode and want even more, our academy is for you. The Prepare Like a Pro Academy is a platform that hosts exclusive features and bonus content, such as a Q&A segment aimed at getting to know the guests on a more personal level. Here's an example with Emily Meehan, head sports dietitian at the Collingwood Football Club. What are things that, that fire you up? Oh, this one is always, uh, I suppose it is, um, 
it'll be topical for most people, I think, but staying in your lane. And I yep. often find that with nutrition, everyone eats, so everyone has an opinion. And I think that's what really gets me fired up um, because so many people try and provide nutrition advice based on their N of one experience when they did intermittent fasting or keto or whatever it might be. And then game changes, yeah, game changes, whatever that might be. And look, it probably keeps me in a job, but that it does drive me insane because yeah. sometimes the information can be so detrimental um, and opposite to what I've been working with my athlete or athletes and, you know, and because they hear it on someone's socials or through a documentary, it unravels everything that I've been working with an athlete for. Yeah, yeah. Another feature of our academy is the opportunity each week to join myself as co-host on the Prepare Like a Pro live chat show. Here's an example with academy member Rama Davies, the strength conditioning coach at the Box Hill Hawks. Welcome, Rama, to the chat. Uh, Rama has also worked at, at Box Hill, or currently he's working at Box Hill Hawks with us, awesome. so he's another Box Hill man uh, in the strength and conditioning department. So I'll handle it over to you, Rama, to, to ask you a question, mate. Thanks for joining us. Excellent. Thanks, Jack. And, yeah, thanks, um, thanks Sam, for the chat. It was uh, I found it to be really insightful, plenty of gems in there, um, and I enjoyed it a lot. Um, mate, my, my question to you was you spoke a, a, quite a bit about um, perspective during that chat um, and I was wondering what are some of the things that you either know or um, do physically that um, you wish you either knew or did um, back at the beginning of your career? Uh, what are some of those things? Mm, yeah, good question. Um, yeah, so I suppose with perspective on life, um, that sort of point, um, it yeah certainly yeah has been massive for me now, and and didn't probably have that as much um, when I was younger. Um, I suppose one thing I might mention is is gratitude. I spend a lot of my mm. time um, doing a lot of gratitude exercises, listening to podcasts doing a, a journal every day just to be to say what I'm grateful for sort of three things and um, that's a fantastic way that I've been able to yeah like reset and and just kind of gain that gratitude and perspective about you know that there is more to life than football or you know might be whatever as an SNC coach you know if something's you having a hard time um, it can be massive with just yeah opening your eyes a little bit and losing that sort of tunnel vision or being stuck in that in that work bubble um, yeah. so that's that's been huge um i think i wish back then when i was younger i asked more questions and was a bit more open to different things mm -hmm. i think i was a bit single-minded back then and um you know i thought there was one way of doing things and um if i kind of didn't have that fear fear of you know asking a silly question or fear of judgment it would have got me a lot further and i probably would have learned a lot quicker um and yeah. and yeah, like just yeah, being open to sort of different things because um, you never know what you might find. It's just yeah, there's so many people, like great people out there, knowledgeable people to learn off. And there's plenty more where that came from. If you would like to learn more, then enter patreon.com forward slash prepare like a pro or head to the link in our show notes. Thank you for listening to the Prepare Like a Pro podcast. If you like this episode, it'd be a massive help if you could like, follow, rate, give a review or even share with your mates. 
The show is recorded in Melbourne, Australia. Be sure to follow our Instagram page for all updates on our latest and greatest. If you would like to get in touch to suggest a guest or advertise with the Prepare Like a Pro podcast, please email me at jack at preparelikeapro.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.